uh, cross covers are going to keep me up at night now, just so you know. Yeah, man. I got to send them to you. They're great. You can get them for free on Neil C. Sirigo's website. Oh, well, I'm glad they're free. That makes it all better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes it go down smooth. Nice and smooth. Nice and smooth. Speaking of nice and smooth, we're here to talk about the boys. The boys. The boys. And I guess the only thing smooth is the constant bloodshed in almost every episode. Yeah, no, there's a, um, a surprising amount of exploding uh, body parts. I mean, from the very first, like, 10 minutes, there's an exploding yeah. body, right? Like, yeah. Robin in the street with Huey, and right. it catches you super off guard because you're like, oh, this is a really sweet scene. I want to root for these people. They have really yeah. good chemistry. The, the only reason it didn't catch me off guard is I got, like most people, I'm sure, inundated with uh, Facebook ads when the first season came out. And then it was like, oh, it's coming out in like a month. And I was like, oh, I got, I got time. I'll, I'll read, I'll read some of these comic books that Seth Rogen uh, either thinks is good enough or at least thinks is like a springboard for ideas. And so I read the first trade back of the boys and uh-huh. yikes, it's like, it's fine. Like it's got interesting ideas, like mixed with like very sophomoric uh, humor. Uh, if you can call it that uh, it, it's just a lot. It's just a lot of like, you know, oh, did you get it? I'd said a bunch of offensive stuff uh, as a character. Yeah. Um, but it has that same iconic moment of uh, the girlfriend getting exploded by a fast, fast runner. And there's like other very similar moments, but like, I know pretty much towards the end of season one, like it definitely, this series takes off farther away from the book. The more and more you get to it. it's kind of like, um, yeah. I mean, even just the, just the simple like nature of, of how compound V works. I, I think honestly, and, and I, you know, uh, uh, all respect to the show. I, I think that like the show does a good job of taking everything that is like interesting from the comics, at least much of the comics I read. I only read the first trade and, and, a, and a few more. Um, it takes a lot of those in- interesting ideas and then just like takes out the kind of sophomoric, you know, taking the piss kind of like shock, shock humor thing. And then goes like, oh, well, what if it was like actually? What if there actually was like a like yeah. an arc, or was like an actual like thing that it's saying? Well, still being sophomoric, but like in a in a more palatable way. I mean, this this show has got to be one of like the the highest uh, incidences of the <laughs> of the C bomb, right? In an American show. Oh, uh, well, Carl Urban definitely sets like some kind of world record for saying the the C word. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't say world record. I'd say U.S. record because, like, <laughs> if you watched Misfits, the the British show, they say they say uh, things are cunty all the time. <laughs> uh, so I I I think that's what it got me. I got me the 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 ads got me. I didn't start watching this until right when episode two came out of season two. Oh wow! And I said, and I said you know. I keep hearing so many things about it. I hear like it's it's a great satire on everything traditional. It's it's like a different just breath of fresh air in a sense. I'm gonna do yeah. it. You know, I got time during the day when the kids are actually at school and um, get some work done in the background. And and I tell you, man, like the moment episode one when Robin exploded, that's when like, all right, you got my attention. Yeah, interesting. I I watched it. I watched it. Uh, like I said, I, I you know I I watched it. Uh, uh, starting from the first episode, uh, just kind of catch into it. Um, it's interesting, uh, kind of how how was it cramming the first season, then waiting for the second season? 
I definitely was anxious almost like every week, like most fans, like normally, yeah. I'm sure, you know, so because it was yeah. it's it's so weird to like binge and then you feel like deflated when you got nothing else. Good. You're like, all right, I guess. Yeah, but I, I'm but I'm not tempted enough to go get the trades right now. Like I'm not because I know they're different. Kind of like um Mark Millar's kick ass. Like I know mm-hmm. like with kick ass, when you get that first trade back, like the six first novels, like I think up to like comic three it's almost beat by beat identical to the source material. But then right when a uh, big daddy goes to the warehouse, like it's completely different. Like in the warehouse in the first one, like he doesn't have this huge shotgun battle scene that he does with the Nick cage version. Gotcha. So yeah. And it just, it's completely different. Yeah. Like I said, I, I only read, I only read the first, the first trade and then, and then a few other issues in the second one. And then, what what really slowed me down was I was like I was like okay I can kind of barrel through some of this like early two thousands shock jock humor, um, but the the show kind of like sticks with the we're here to take down the seven like this is like the thing we're doing, and the, the comic instead it does a lot of like kind of like veers and different things and and it takes its it really meanders through the the kind of main plot and does more like monster of the week like within the first trade there's this Batman type character called tech Knight or something like that right and he has a tumor which is causing him to have uh unwanted sexual attraction towards his robin allegory toward his like and so he's like dealing like dealing with that and like that's like a whole a whole issue and it's like man this is like we get it because like people think that batman's gay for robin and but like what if we dealt with that but then also like totally didn't deal with it's like it it's it just kind of does this thing where it's it's kind of just taking swacks at, at different uh different ideas um it's it gets kind of tiresome um and then like in the second the second trade it starts off there like in soviet russia doing something and then somebody gets skinned alive and that's just like a, a minor beat and so it's, it's stuff like that so like the, like the show actually does a good job of like seemingly having like a focus um i think also something that's very different from the show or at least in a little bits uh is like in the comic the team except for huey the team all knows each other already like including the female uh the, the silent character um and uh, uh in this one it's it's you know the, the female kind of being like this added twist of a character is is kind of nice um where you, know, you add huey and then you add this kind of new dynamic to it um and then also Huey in the comic is very much Simon Pegg. Yeah. Um like you I mean, looks and looks like Simon Pegg too, looks but like exactly like him. But like shaved head. So right. Um and so the fact they got Simon Pegg to be the dad is kind of a, a nod to that as well. Um but yeah, it, it it it's it's like with so many things, like you know, uh Chronicles of Narnia, right? Where it's like you can have really interesting ideas and still also have a lot of like really bad ideas. And sometimes people can see through the bad ideas to, to like pull through it. And then other times people are like, you know what you got, you got a, you got a handful of ideas that I just can't vibe with. And you know, that's kind of how I, that's kind of felt about the comic, but the show the show is fantastic. The show, I think the other thing that takes the show is that like, you really have to have actors who are capable of handling this like simultaneous schlock shock and like actual dramatic moments. And I think for the most part, they, they carry that. The guy who plays Homelander um, is Anthony just, Starr. 
he's just fantastic. If he doesn't get some kind of Emmy or Golden Globe by the time the show's run ends, like it, that's yeah. a damn crying shame. Because there's there's weirdness where like I empathize and I hate him at the same time. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And I think and I think also he hates himself. Like the character. Oh yeah. Like he, the character hates himself so much. And I think that's like what makes the show uh, kind of more interesting is that you do have all these like, you know, humanizations of these characters that in the comic, like, like uh, another incident that's different in the comic is that that first thing with deep where like deep, you know, uh, uh, hits on sexually assaults. Uh, it's like four uh, of them in the comics, isn't it? Yeah. It's four of them. It's like, it's like all of the, it's like, Oh, all the dudes. Yeah. It's just like, wait, like way to start this. And like the relationship between, um, the relationship between butcher and the CIA agent is very like hate sex, you know, like it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so like over, over the top. Um, I don't know that there's anybody complaining about the show being like less ridiculously sexual. Um, but, uh, but, but I mean, the show's got, the show's got plenty of it. So I don't know. It's just got, it's just got at times where it's like, Oh geez. All right. We gotta we gotta sit through we gotta sit through this one. <laughs> I mean, you 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 mentioned it like Anthony Starr is such a great Homelander, but like almost everyone in this cast is perfectly well done, right? Oh, yeah. Like everyone's got emotionally deep storylines. Everyone's got an emotionally deep background. I mean, you got like A Train, who is like constantly feeling pressure to be the best, the fastest. So what does he start? Doing? He starts shooting up Compound V. Yeah. He starts losing himself. He like kills obviously Robin in an accident when he's like freaking out, trying to chase his yeah. arch nemesis, quote unquote. You got Maeve, who's just like, I don't really give a fuck kind of personality, like get mm -hmm. out of my way. And what I find the most interesting too is like Black Noir, like his mysterious dark figure, your Batman-ish kind of type. And in the comics, I mean, for those, I mean, spoiler. I mean, this whole fucking podcast is a spoiler. If you haven't figured that out, just unfortunately. But in the comics, like Black Noir is a clone of Homelander. Yes. Yeah, I heard that. And is created to keep Homelander in check. So in case Homelander ever goes crazy, he can kill him. Much like, I mean, what the excuse of like Superman is. Why does Batman have the Kryptonite ring? Why does Bizarro right. exist? Why does like Loser have all these? Because like in case... Superman goes nuts. They need a backup plan. And, and Black Noir was a backup. But in the show's twist, we'll get to it in season two. Like they didn't do that twist yet, which is which is which kind of right. fun. But also like going back to the cast as a whole, like I I love um uh Annie and Huey so much. Yeah. Yeah. I think the uh, I think the pair that I that I most enjoy watching together is Frenchie and Mother's Milk. <laughs> MM. 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 Yeah. And, in, yeah, and in the comics too, like they're actually, they use compound V, right? Like the good guys use compound V to shoot up the, at times. Yeah. So in the, in the comics, yeah, it's, 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 it's a thing that can lift up them so they can take on super, uh, superhumans, um, as opposed to this kind of like, uh, thing that it is in the show where it's, it's almost exclusively used by Vought directly. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's a, I think that that's an interesting thing to add to the show, though, to make it so like super super powered people, soups, have like this distinct advantage, and they don't have a equalizing force. They don't have um, the ability to to turn regular people into super superhumans. And when they try to, as we see in season two, half the time it goes wrong, um, or more than half the time, um, and then they got to get lamplit. 
But I think that's where I think you made a point earlier about how well the show is a little more grounded than the comic book. Because I think like yeah. that that like gives a fine morale line, right? Like the way this butcher is, this butcher, Carl Urban's butcher, would never take compound V. I mean, he hates soup right. so much. Heights. Heights, soups. I think the one thing that really bothers me about the show is just that Carl Urban is so or yeah, Carl Urban uh, uh, is so clearly trying very hard to make sure that he's accurately doing a Cockney accent. Yeah, which means that he's, <laughs> which means that half of his lines don't have like as much intonation because he's so like working so hard on like just getting the right way of chopping the syllables. And it's like, okay, all right, we you know it's fine if it if it comes out a little bit kiwi. <laughs> oi, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, this and, and and like with Mother's Milk, for instance, too, like. He's called Mother's Milk in the comics because he literally has to take his mother's breast milk and he gains superpowers mm-hmm. in like a temporary fix, right? So like I wonder right. if that's ever going to be addressed. In... I feel like they kind of address that with uh, Homelander's weird fetish. Yeah, yeah. I feel, with, like they uh, kind of fold, I feel like they kind of folded that one in. Uh, so you got you got the romance there between Huey and Starlight. There's There's just something about like their natural chemistry that I really enjoy. Um, just their, their first interaction on the bench and like how well that just played into so many things in the show that we're going to find out later is just remarkable. I mean, Mm -hmm. and then the whole fight, like, uh, before that with translucent, I mean, right. That was insane. Uh, yeah. It's a real fun, like kickoff to the show kind of give you a a great idea of what you're going through. If, if by the time translucent dies, you're not on board with the show you can probably stop yeah i don't think i don't think the show's gonna if you're if you're not like uh oh I, I i get this i think this is fun then then definitely stop the show at that point like uh, why would you not any more of that like why would you not be appealed by a superhero that has to fight butt-ass naked in order mm-hmm. to be translucent which is incorrectly named wrong as huey points out and yeah. eventually gets a bomb drilled in his butt Shoved up the poops and uh, blown up because he's taunting Huey and yeah makes Huey I guess cross that morale line of uh, killing someone for the first time, right? Yeah, I think that's something. Uh, uh, and again, like you know, if, if I think that's like the, the kind of core of the show as far as uh, when the show kind of becomes what what it's going to be. If if you're expecting a lot of uh, moral hand-wringing about the fact that he killed a man uh by blowing him up from the butt out there's not a lot there's like 10 10 or so minutes worth of of him kind of feeling that way and then just more stuff happens uh and then eventually they're driving boats through whales and the only person who cares is deep and then uh you mentioned earlier too with homelander's odd uh but fitting relationship was still well uh yeah which takes a weird turn in season two when she's dead. <laughs> I didn't oh expect that when I saw that, when I saw that, I was like, I was like, Oh, what is this? Is this a dream sequence? What's going on? And then I, I realized like, Oh, right. It's gotta be the, the, the doppelganger doppelganger guy, which bleh. I love how, uh, again, lazily named a lot of the characters are just because like, yeah, he's a, he's a clone. He's a doppelganger, whatever. Just call him doppelganger. Right. Yeah. I think, um, a similar, similar comic slash similar show as far as just like being commentary um, on, uh, on superhero stuff in general is invincible. And they have like the opposite, like their, their characters are very ridiculously named. Like Mm -hmm. uh, 
not ridiculous, but just like like very like uh, uh, cutesy. Like you pick it up immediately what they are. Like duplicate, I think is one. Or it was like multiple man powers. Um, and I think the original idea is that she can only get up to eight, but she can multiply more than that. Now, if uh, if if the boys is like a ten on the absurd scale, mm-hmm. where does where does Invincible lie? Oh, I'd say somewhere like a six. It, it feels more traditional, but it does. It does lampoon, and, and actually, it's getting a show as well. I think in twenty twenty one. I think I saw a tweet. Uh, you were really excited about it. It's so exciting because it. It. I, I think. I think that at this point, like superhero stories, this has kind of already hit this point with with comic books way back at like Watchmen, but um, I think with superhero stories, we've hit the the saturation in TVs and movie as well, to where we're like, okay, we can we can, let's let's kind of make fun of this and then potentially move on. Um, cause I think superheroes have become so, so much of the, the media landscape that I think we're hitting this point where eventually it's gonna be more parodies than actual things. And the same way that like cop movies and cop shows were right. We're like, it's so easy now to have like an NSTF. Oh, what's the, uh, the Paul Shear and, uh, uh, that crew. Um, it's like something, something SUV, uh, like fake. It's a, it's a parody cop show. It's a parody you know, NCIS show. I think we're gonna get the same thing with with superhero stuff gotcha. pretty soon. I mean, you already got the spinoff coming out with like the X Men, which is I think their version right. is called the G Men. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's it's uh, again, it makes sense. Like we've 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 had what 20, 20 plus years of the kind of Zack Snyder verse um, type of storytelling, and you know X Men, and 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 all all the superhero stuff plus 12 years of marvel how is giancarlo esposito always in like the best shit dude he uh someone there's a great tweet that was like uh oh what's that you need a season two villain arc here's giancarlo esposito because like he's breaking bad Mm -hmm. i want to say mandalorian i want to say he's the um bad guy in or or he's, he's the mirror in once upon a time i don't know if you watch that show um he's the mirror and he, he doesn't really play like a season two bad guy arc but he's like he works with the the witch he works with the bad guy um yeah no he's a he's got a great career he's uh, also the main villain and he has a whole video game cover from far cry 6 see I mean, he's killing it man what else is Giancarlo esposito in he's in he was in westworld for one episode yeah, yeah. maze runner Ooh, he's in ducktales oh who's he in ducktales uh, Phantom Billet, huh. Blot, Phantom Blot, uh, Harley Quinn, the cartoon. He was uh, Lex Luthor, apparently. Just looking at the Wikipedia picture for Giancarlo Esposito, I would love a movie with Giancarlo Esposito and Taika Waititi. I feel like they have like a similar smile. Uh, <laughs> and I think I would watch that. I would watch that movie. Hello, my name is Taika. This is Giancarlo. Yes. Hello, I am Taika's father. <laughs> and uh just there's something that's the I, I mean let's just skip to it. i mean the twist okay well we talked about kimiko we talked about her mm-hmm. uh coming onto the crew and just kind of finding her way and then we we uh we touched briefly on the twist of compound v not being obviously they believed in this world heroes are born they were mutants they were like gods and yeah. uh, powers and then obviously compound v is found to be just in shot up into babies so yeah and i think like it goes back to where the show does a good job with like allegory and and um 
you know, like comparisons of things. I think it's interesting the way that the, like in the show, somehow superheroes are the actors in their own superhero movies and uh, like fulfill this role as like superheroes, the way we traditionally think of superheroes and they are these corporate entities and they are celebrities, you know, doing ce- celebrity. And it's so weird because like they haven't been shown actually fighting any villains except for themselves or the boys. Well, that's the, well, that's the thing, right? Is that like the, and this is true in the comic too, is there, there aren't really villains. Like there aren't because, especially because we, in the, we find out in the show that, that fought uh, controls all the soups. Right. Like there aren't really villains. There are only terrorists, um, which is like true in real life, right? There's not like real super villains. There's, you know, the mob, I guess, but like n- nobody's like an actual big villain, which is why we don't really need big superheroes in the way that, you know, people in comic books do. Uh, we don't have a Joker or a Riddler or whatever. And then Billy's just like on a, on a hunt to kill Homelander no matter what. Yeah. And then we find out the twist that is it is it basically is it Homelander like raped her? Is that the yes? That's okay. that's that seems to be the case. Is that uh, either in some way he sexually assaulted her, raped yeah. her. And got her pregnant, mm-hmm. and and then and then their kid is the first superhero that's actually born, su- superpowered baby that didn't you know that, that actually made it to term. Yeah, yeah. But Billy thinks uh, one that home like they just fought, just killed her in general or hit her somewhere, mm-hmm. and then finds out another lie through the Vought doctor. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the one that raised Homelander got yeah. to him. He lied saying, oh, Becca was assaulted. A couple months later, gave birth. She died at birth. The baby died mm-hmm. too. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Within the twist at the end of one, one still well gets her brains fried out, literally. Uh, explosion. And Billy wakes up in a compound facility, much like the Truman Show, a fake world. Yep. Rebecca is living in uh, isolation with her, I think like nine, 10 year old son, somewhere in that age. Yeah, somewhere I mean, in that age. That's like crazy to me of like, this kid's just wow. Anyway, so that yeah. whole twist. I do like. I th- I love the way that they play off uh, just how sheltered Ryan is because he's really only had his mom and and uh, like the things like you know we can't say hate. You have to put a quarter in the jar. But then like by the end of that, by the end of the season, he says, "Don't be a cunt." Um, yeah. And so it's like <laughs> it's it, it like that those those little those little uh, silly moments uh, continue the sophomore humor. I was just talking about not necessarily enjoying. I'm using Entertainment Weekly's uh, best moments of season two. So at the beginning of season two, a slight time has passed between the first two seasons. Not that much time at all. I think maybe like a week, if that. Uh, Butcher goes into hiding. I mean, he's just like, I don't remember why he was going into hiding, aside from just getting the hell away from Homelander and why Homelander let him live. Yeah. Aside from just torturing him emotionally, I guess. Um, but they bring well, in. Well, I think I think Homelander had. So clearly, Homelander made a deal with Becca that Butcher gets to live if he gets to see Ryan more, which means that Homelander was aware of Ryan, but not seeing him. I guess because of Vought agreements. Um. Well, he didn't know. Well, Homelander didn't know about Ryan until also that same doctor who raised him told him because right. he. Because he interrogated him, the doctor lied to him too, and then without us seeing the scene, tells Butcher and says, 
actually, I went to go visit him a second time. And you know yeah. what he told me? And then the whole thing blows up, blah, 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 blah. Right. So, so yeah, I guess they made that deal, which which makes sense in that thing. I keep Butcher alive. But Butcher goes in, like, hiding. He comes in the scene in the second episode, like, wearing, like, a fucking jumpsuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stormfront makes her appearance. Yep. And obviously, really just nasty from the beginning, but obviously leads to bigger things down the road. Butcher comes back. Daddy's home episode. Then the episode where Annie's on board to kind of help Huey and the boys out. So she goes and tries to get compound V to expose it to all news outlets. So she blackmails her old religion camp friend who is selling himself sexually. Oh to, yeah. That to, was a, uh... cause he heals. And so he has men or women who ever pay him to hack away at him. And right. then the funniest line was thousand dollars. You can chop off my penis. Yeah, the guy's like, is there an ATM nearby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then uh the boys are working with esposito but esposito gets her brain brains blown off so it's true. there can only be one esposito in the series and so when john carlo got added they had to drop jennifer and then uh from there kamiko's brother makes an appearance yep and that that's a really I thought cool that was, i thought that was really sweet i thought the yeah i thought the the way that they played that relationship um with like the kind of personal sign language and stuff yeah i i I thought again just really good casting really good chemistry to kind of believe in that storyline and you're kind of Mm -hmm. like you i mean if you if you know any superhero tropes like you know like that guy would just did not have very long to live because you're like this is this is gonna play off somewhere here and obviously he gets really right destroyed by stormfront right in front of kimiko which he uses to rage out later uh oh we continue with the storyline with the deep being exiled after his sexual assault so Oh man, that whole like Scientology, but for soups, like church, uh, is great. I, I was like, I was like, man, they really cast this guy, the, the the church leader, like that weirdly manicured beard, the whole look, the way he talks, where everything is so like that. All, all mm-hmm. that was just fantastic. Is it is it weird? Would you like a fresco? <laughs> Fuck fresco. <laughs> uh is it weird to feel bad for the deep? I think that that's like the only way you can go with that character, right? Like once you've once you've kind of like made him the icon of like a thing that we in real life are dealing with, with like you know, kind of dealing with uh, uh, comedians who masturbate into plants and stuff, right? Like the like, how do you do that in real life? Is you have to recognize they have to be able to recognize what they did wrong and have some amount of consequence or some amount of like penitence for us collectively as a society to, to like deal with them. And then like with the deep, you know, it's the same thing. We're like just, you know, one layer removed. We get, we see the deep go through all this like horrible, you know, uh, stuff, which he has definitely brought upon himself because of his actions. Um, but also like nobody deserves to have their blowhole, violated uh oh god they're weird gills violated i forgot about that oh my god that was so weird yeah i I cringe whenever they showed his gills i was like oh i just yeah no i know it right but like but it makes you know so then it's like well if we had a you know if we had a a camera you know that followed around whoever you know fill in fill in the canceled person here and we saw like all the stuff they had to deal with edited into this like 
dark comedy of all the things they had to deal with, you know, would, would people feel more sympathy for him? Sure. But like, is that all, is that also an incomplete picture of that person? So like with the deep, all you see is the, like the, the him stepping on rakes for like two seasons. Um, and then it just keeps going. <laughs> it's right when it, right when it seems like it's about to uh, stop being awful for him. Uh, it changes back, which is kind of fine, right? Like he's like the perfect character for that to happen to, because nobody likes Aquaman. It feels like uh, the deep is the George Costanza of that world. Like you just see King seeing these like misfit adventures, like the like the time he is trying to rescue a dolphin and ends up killing the dolphin when he hits like the the brakes and the dolphin it's slings the out of the car and, and then yeah. the and then the truck runs it over. Yeah, I mean it's like that. You know, uh, it's it's kind of nice to have uh, a punching bag, which, which again is like the like the weirdness of the tone setting in the comic is like. Well, if all four of them are like this, then then why would I care about any of them? Whereas, like, if it's just the deep, you kind of get to focus it on the deep, and then um, then you have plenty of other reasons to hate everybody else in the seven. Yeah. Um, especially Lamplighter, who we finally meet. Well, yeah, and then A Train gets beat up at the end of season one by Huey, the boys, and Starlight. He comes back and healed, and he wants obviously revenge, but somehow is hushed up by Starlight to 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 get working with him. Uh, and then they, the, 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 the episode is C. I forget why they're inside of a whale. They're inside a whale because, uh, the deep sends a whale to block them. They're heading toward that cave. Um, are they going to the cave? I don't remember. And then it's all blurring together. Now another episode where, uh, Ryan and, and Homeland are trying to connect and Homeland pushes them off the roof and gets mm-hmm. hurt and uh see Vought is exposed but it's, but it's weird because like they they expose Vought but it feels like not a big story is one you would think but maybe like that's the reality of the world right where there's so many YouTubes there's so many conspiracy I mean, theories I mean but like keep you know put in put in mind like what the equivalent is it's the steroid scandal right where you know we found out that all the baseball players are doing you know doing steroids or or something kind of like that it's like the steroid scandal mixed with dance moms right like that that wouldn't necessarily like completely change the world it would just kind of like oh okay well they shouldn't do that or even like the like the you know the uh, bat corking scandal right with when uh, uh was it sammy sosa that was corking his bat yep and it's like why is he doing that? Like he's already like a good baseball player. You know, was he actually doing it or did he accidentally grab somebody else's corked bat? Um, so I think it's kind of that, that, that level of scandal where this would be a scandal, except there's plenty of PR people who can spin it the right way to where, you know, it, it gets kind of muddy enough to be manageable. Speaking of which Homelander outing uh, Queen Maeve on in depth with Maria Menounos. Dude, that's uh, screwed up. Um, but it also like, in the in the universe like it, it definitely like makes sense the kind of like weird mind games that homelander plays and it's 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 i think they did a good job too of like showcasing that homelander is not only a manipulator and and like a horrible abuser but that abuse comes from the fact that he has like no human connection mm-hmm. uh, or like no connection of somebody that he considers an equal and uh and no equality to human beings and so yeah he's a he's he's a he's a real piece of work he's excited about control i mean people with low self-esteem and low egos i mean that's exactly what they 
what they do. Uh, yeah. Black Noir versus Butcher. That was great. And and Butcher's mom's house. Butcher's uh, aunt's house, I think. That's right. That's right. His aunt. That's right. It's his mom comes by later with his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No. The 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 scene the scene with his aunt. Um, and she, then he's and then he's got he she's got his dog, which is yes. he's in the comic, right? Like I think the dog is in the comic. Yeah, the dog's a big deal in the comic. Um, but that dog's gonna be like ancient old because like if Ryan is nine and he had the dog before Becca left, then the dog's gonna be like pushing twelve. Or is the is my thing was like is the kid accelerated aging? I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't figure that out. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he's I think he's aged at a normal rate. Okay. Uh yeah, so the showdown obviously ends with Butcher having the blackmail over Vaught to keep himself and Huey alive. Yep. Uh Stormfront and Homelander hook up. Yeah, several times. Uh despite what anybody <laughs> visually wants. Oh man, just the 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 that whole that whole like scene where she's like asking him to laser Burn. her chest and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So clearly her powers are being able to like heal like as well as the the lightning because because it's not just like with translucent he has like a layer of skin that is impenetrable, but she is obviously being burned, but you know later shows no signs of it. So, right. so she has on top of lightning powers, she has healing Nazi powers. And then, which means that, like, like which means at the end of the season, you know, is she just going to come back at the end in the middle of season three, just out of nowhere? They they haven't confirmed it or not. I think she is alive. Yeah. Uh, whether where she is, I have no idea. They they haven't really alluded. I think it's one of those things like they're going to focus next season more on Homelander because the rumor is that Homelander will be quote unquote off a leash uh, according mm. to Anthony Starr's word they're going to bring in Jensen Eccles as Soldier Boy and a couple more guest stars are going to make a big appearance in next season so I'm looking forward to that uh, speaking of which the the big guest star in this season as well you mentioned earlier Lampladder we finally meet Lampladder in the facility he's yeah. helping test subjects controlling this uh, area because he got basically outed by the seven because he killed Grace Mallory's kids. Grace mm-hmm. Mallory was Butcher's former boss, uh, which you learned that they were using him as a mole to get inside the seven, which I think that was actually in the comics too, right? Like they, they use Lanthlight as a mole in the comics, same thing. And he ends up killing Mallory's kids. The only difference is Mallory in the comics is a guy. Mallory in the show is Grace. There's a lot of um, sex swapping in this one. Like Stormfront was... Um, sex Robin, uh, Senator Newman, I believe, was a male, yeah, it was, was a uh, vice president, Victor yeah. Newman, instead of Victoria Newman, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, this show may, makes makes it their own really well in that way. But going back to Lamplighter, like that was a nice surprise to see, uh, Sean Ashmore in that role, obviously being Iceman in the X Men series for so long, and right, a couple bit parts in Smallville and so on. So he's been in the comic book lore, I know a lot of you know, my incorrect in remembering that Sean Ashmore is in the Animorphs TV show. That might be his twin. He has a twin brother who acts and did not do as many roles. But Sean Ashmore is beloved by a lot of uh, like Dragon Con, just nerd kids in general for being just really good at his roles there. And uh, so we meet him. And we also meet the biggest surprise of the night on top of the girl whose psychic powers are like, I guess, 11 from uh, Stranger Things. But Mm -hmm. 
fucking uh, love sausage makes his appearance. Oh my gosh! Was... I was I was reading about that too about how the first script they gave the guy who plays uh, Mother's Milk that was not in the first draft, so he had no idea. He was all about it, read it, was ready for it, and then Carl Urban comes up the next day. He's like, "Yeah, you ready for this scene?" And he's like, "What are you talking about?" And then he gives him the revised script, and he's like, "That motherfucker!" Like, I I thought he had something to do with this, and he's like, "Nope, not me." Not my mate, but like the writers just had it in there for all along. They just want to surprise him last minute, and he had to wear a prosthetic dick around his neck in that scene. Yikes! Yeah, yeah, no, that uh, they I was they they set it all up, and I was still surprised. Yeah, <laughs> like um, oh, okay, all right, well, that's yeah, that's just dick. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, is that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's great. Uh, Sean Ashmore too. Also, I mean, even the writers said, "Gone too soon." The writers both said that had they known how well Ashmore was going to crush that role, they would have found a way to leave him alive for a little longer and so on. But right. I mean, I think in the way this the show speed like not as speeds up, but the way the show is paced, he mm. served his purpose. He I think he went out fine story-wise yeah. the way he should I mean, have. He even got he even got a whole episode where he's just kind of sitting there watching TV. Well, yeah. watching watching porn of his friends, which is <laughs> porn of like him and like other parodies uh just constantly watching porn. That's yeah, that's uh that's gross. I did like that I did like that cut where uh they cut to Hugh going, "Oh my god." And then it's not the news. That's great. That was like a really Solid joke. Uh, I actually felt really bad for him too when they're inside HQ and you find out that Vought's really lazy and didn't change his passcode with his handprint. So he gets in real easily and he sees that his statue is gone. Yeah. And then he mentions his dad, I think, something about like, I wanted to just impress you or something. I can't remember the exact line, but it's like, you know, I wish you were here kind of thing. And then just like, just burns himself. Yep. Just self-immolates. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a pretty hot fire, considering how quickly he just kind of goes up. And uh, then, and then Black Noir uh, shows up about Black Noir's allergy. Yeah, so Black Noir comes out, tries to take out Starlight and Huey. Uh, Maeve miraculously just has a conscience, happens to be right time, right place, saves the day. And apparently, uh, it it the, the Black Noir is now dead in the series. I thought maybe he would live. But according to things I've been reading, like yeah, he died. Which is no, kind I of thought, no, I thought. Uh, I thought uh, Stormfront said uh, he's a vegetable, or he's uh, no brain damage. She says something like it's it, no brain damage. Not you can tell because he doesn't talk. Okay, well, if that's the case, then I'm I'm glad because I want to see what they do with Black Noir because like because now we can talk about it because now we're gonna get a little caught up. So in the, in the comics, Black Noir, like we mentioned earlier, is a clone of Homelander who eventually kills Homelander in the comic series. Yeah. In, in the TV show version, they went a different route, which I think is so much cooler. Where Ryan represents that humanity of Homelander, which is now his like quote unquote clone of the show. Yeah. Whereas Black Noir is just a completely different character. He's he's African American because you can see the piece of his like uh, mask come up, and you can see it's like it's like burned skin, like Deadpool, but it's obviously clearly like also like a black guy underneath. So it's mm-hmm. not going to be the Homelander route, um, unless they 
I don't know, somehow change that miraculously. We just forget. I don't know if they're going to. Well, I mean, we know it's not Homelander because he gets burned by the terrorist. Well, by the, you know, quote unquote terrorist. Um, in that first, I think it's in the first episode where he's the one on the mission. Yeah. Um, and the, the guy like lights him up. The fact that his skin can burn, like, like we know that Homelander doesn't burn. Um, so we already, so that was, the, that was the point where I realized that he would, he would have to be something different, even if it's, uh, not clear exactly what. And then, yeah. So Maeve, uh, knocks him out then apparently with an Almond Joy, which Almond Joy was mentioned all the way back in the episode where uh, Huey and Starlight met. Because uh. that's one of Starlight's... Because the reason that Almond Joy was around is because Starlight, I think, had it because that's one of her favorite candy bars. And that's when Huey was joking around saying that's like the world's worst uh, candy bar. He thinks he thinks uh, Charles Manson eats it. Or something, I think was the line, something like there. So, gotcha. Yeah. So then the testimony happens and heads be exploded. Pop, pop. Pop, holy pop, pop, pop. shit has be exploding yeah um that was uh that was definitely like a a, a big ending I, I think like i think there's something to doing it right as far as there's this feeling of i think like in older shows and older movies it used to be well the good guys got it done and now the good guys are done and i think that like there's a at least growing in the sense of like the things that i watch um, there's this like growing movement toward when the good guy, when you think the good guys have it, everything goes that much worse. Um, or, you know, uh, which, which is also true in reality. Um, and so like the fact that like, yeah, it looks like they finally got, you know, kind of like a, a big step forward and then just a series of explosions and, and people's heads popping, um, which then like refills that mystery of who blew up Jennifer Esposito's head. And uh, so we find out, obviously, early on in the season, well, really, it's like midway through the season, that Stormfront is uh, practically immortal, maybe whatever. An immortal, just, an immortal Nazi. And on top of that, she's manipulating certain things in the, in, in the background. It's just like a social media team. And yes. uh, she finally gets what she deserves. She's getting her ass kicked by the girls slash uh, uh, Starlight, then Kamiko, and then Maeve again has a conscience, saves the day, and the three of them are taking her, kicking her ass, kicking her to the ground until she flies away to find Ryan and Homelander and Butcher and Beckham. Yeah. And uh, from there, she's got Becca hostage, and Ryan blows the shit up out of her. Yeah, I think the only power that we've seen Ryan have so far is uh, is eye beams, but I mean, that's worked well for Cyclops in the X-Men series, so I think like it's good stuff. So she gets blown up. She's severely burned limbs. I mean, she's just basically a torso uh, reciting the happiest moments of her life in a poetry in German. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maeve gets out from under Homelander's thumb by showing that she has the footage from the plane crash that happened in season one where they left like a whole plane to die. Yeah, that was a that was a well shot unsettling scene yeah i i don't know like if i see that episode again if i can stomach that one like to me the only time i've ever had that happen in a show where i can't rewatch it is the office with scott's tots that's definitely up there with scott's tots i'll take your word on that one (laughs) it just makes me uncomfortable (laughs) and uh let's see so now again we we're in the final shot of season two Season two shows that Homelander's making this big speech 
that you know Starlight was his best the friend. The way this show, the way this show does that, where they like they'll have something like that clearly upsets Homelander happen, and then cut to him doing whatever court you know corporate vaught BS line it is. Like when he did when he did Translucent's funeral, when he does when he does anything with Starlight, and he has to like you know kind of kind of put on the put on the character of of Captain America, you know, Homelander. Um that's that's where the show like really shines. And I think the fact that it like, goes straight from him like crying because he's realizing that he cares more about what people think of him than mm-hmm. about having his son. And so he's broken in that way. And then immediately after that he's like, hey, we gotta give it to the girls. Like that 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 just like seeing that whole uh, whole thing was was great. Just like knowing knowing how crushed he is inside and how broken he is as a man. And the choices that he makes because he realizes, yeah, like I'm a like deeply wounded, neglected, yeah. uh, emotionally traumatized. Because he, he just had... wants people to, he just wants people to love him, and he wants the most people possible to love him. And if that means that people hate him in order to love him, then then so be... he, he makes that he makes that trade. And also, he just like tries to control everybody. He he wants to have this like kind of Stepford Stepford world around him. Um, yeah, and then he uh, he he's clearly like he's he's backed himself into a corner where he's he has to simultaneously think of himself as this god that can't be stopped and this you know peg in a in a in a hole this is this gear in a in a big machine that is Vought and the superhero that he wants to be um yeah and then apparently that that scene that last scene of homelander where he's um jerking off yelling about yeah his his uh how how capable he is i can do what i I want i can do whatever i want i guess uh, apparently that was filmed for season one and then they just like found a found a use for it in season two um well i think amazon wouldn't allow the music in season one because they didn't know what the context was per se and i guess at the time they didn't really earn the trust of amazon you know, the context what they do just send to him just as a clip just like hey amazon we, <laughs> this, is what, this is what we filmed is this good <laughs> so yeah i mean i think it was just more like because in season two they definitely in some in some shows i i don't like this but for some reason even though season two felt more progressive in the speed of the series i didn't mind it you know like Game of Thrones season four and five, whatever the last two seasons were, you can tell are drastically faster than the first three to four seasons. Yeah. Because I remember joking around in season five or six, I was like, when did they start treating this like Morrowinds and they just like time, like, like, uh, what is it called? Like time shoot, fast, like when they, fast, fast travel in video games. Like, because before it'd be like a journey, like we have to go to this place. And it's like three episodes later, they finally make it. But like, then it's like, but, but in that season and, and beyond, it was just like a cut, which is like, that's a natural thing in a, in a show to do that. Right. So. Yeah. And I think like, um, I think in this case, they, they've established enough of the world that they don't have to keep, they don't have to keep explaining uh, what is different about the, the boys universe they, they've already explained that to the to the point where now that yeah they just introduce another character and they just say all right this is a guy who you know may have a superpower and he runs a secret scientology style church or um i noticed there wasn't like there wasn't a lot of like the people that came you know that were in the first season there was none of there was none of the uh, uh the guy who can um what was what was uh, uh Haley joel osmond's power 
Oh, um, he can read your mind. No, he could like uh, he could touch you and kind of see your your mind, like see your thoughts. Yes, yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, you, you didn't have any of that. Uh, any any of those guys coming back? You didn't have the the, the church uh, Ezekiel, the stretch guy. Um, yes, yeah, so they're just they're just building out a new uh, kind of branch of of this this little weird universe they've got. So speaking of which, so season three at some point comes. I I hope by next summer we'll see, but. You know, a lot of a lot of mysteries in the air as far as, you know, will we not see Stormfront? You know, what happens to Ryan? Because is Ryan just being taken away by the CIA and just never seen again? Yeah. Or, is, or, is Butcher or, or, or by him? or by whatever, you know, powers Mallory has um, still like it's not it's not clear that he's not staying with Butcher, um, but he's being like put somewhere outside of the reach of Vought. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then obviously Huey's uh, last scene, he gets a job at Victoria Newman's office, which is, woo. Yeah. Well, the scene before that, I was. Oh, with the church. Like, again, again, like I, like I watch, I watch these shows sometimes and I, I don't watch them trying to be like, oh, I want to make sure I figure out all the, all the little, all the little tricks and stuff. I, I like happily watch a show being the guy who's like, oh, I didn't see that coming because like, the more that that happens, like the, the more just like enjoyable show is. And so I was like, man, I know that someone's going to be the head popper, but I did, but like when it's revealed who the head popper is and when it's revealed that not only is the, cause like, cause like there's a, you know, the kind of back and forth where it could be Edward or it could be the head of the church of the collective. Um, and then finding out that it's neither of them. And then also the head of the church of the collective is dead um, was like a great, like season ender. And like, oh man, what a fun surprise. And also, uh, uh, spoiler, it's Victoria Newman, who yeah. has been clearly anti-Vaught in a way that implied she was anti-soup, but then it turns out that she is a soup that can explode people's heads. I mean, she could be the anti-soup, right? I mean, because she's just killing anyone left and right. I mean, she killed uh, yeah. not, what's A-Train's Speed, rival? Speedster. Yeah. Speedster, I think his name was. Yeah, I mean, but like that's, but but that she could still be working for Vought and make those decisions because like Speedster was only there to upset A Train. Like it's not like, yeah, they don't necessarily need need a, a fast superhero. The Speedster is just there because they want to you know turn the screw of making A Train upset about the fact he's being replaced and upset about the fact that he's not the fastest anymore. Um, and so yeah, just like blowing him up didn't really didn't really matter to to i think like i think like watching that scene um john carlos Pizzuto's character that's edward right i think his name is edward anyway he's he's so calm uh he's like clearly like you know putting on the oh what's going on here uh but it's like he's he's so calm in the situation that it's clear he, he doesn't think he's gonna get his head blown up and well, I was gonna have to fill in some holes here because A Train got accepted back into the seven, but not Deep. Yes, and originally Deep was gonna get accepted, but not A Train. Mm-hmm. That's why A Train uh, sabotaged Stormfront. And then, yeah, so then obviously Black Noir still comatose. Stormfront's out, so they're still gonna have to fill in someone. So, so maybe that's why Soldier Boy comes in. Uh, I know in the comics, yeah. I've I've read like wikis here and there that Soldier Boy. He's a parody of Captain America, but in that sense, he's nothing like Captain America. And right. like is a coward, literally like pees his pants kind of thing. 
uh, is basically just like a in like a, a target because there's like two other soldier boys before him. It's just like a passing title, apparently. Oh, wow. So yeah, I think like I think a, a good a good job that this show does and that Invincible does is making sure that characters aren't just direct parodies that they're amalgams um or or that like one character will get split into like watchman does this like if you really think about it every watchman character is just batman um except for dr manhattan like you know you have different different elements of batman are pulled off for the different watchman characters and then similarly you know homelander is kind of superman but kind of also he's superman that is very broken trying to project captain america like trying to project like this, you know, like, oh, I'm just the, the wholesome boy from, you know, a, a, a forgotten time. Yep. And so like, it's like a, it's a, a fun commentary that it does in the way that it does commentary about comic books, but then in a way that is better than most comic book movies, it does commentary about celebrity culture and athlete culture and, and politicians and all that. This has definitely been right up there with Cobra Kai for me one of the most addicting shows I've seen that I've just enjoyably binged with no yeah. guilt. What would you, what would you hope for in season three? What I hope for in season three, uh, I, I, hopefully they can just kind of keep it, keep it going. I think they did a really, a really satisfying thing of cashing a lot of checks at the end of season two um, that a lot of shows get scared to do, or they're like, they're afraid of like, they'll paint themselves into a corner and then immediately undo it. Um, I really liked season one of uh, Handmaid's Tale, but it, season two and whatever, however far I got into it, season three maybe, they keep doing this thing where they set up this big, everything's different now, and then they immediately like find a way to return to stasis, and that's like really unsatisfying. So that's the thing I hope they don't do is they do not just like return to a stasis. They 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 found like a really interesting thing by getting everybody back into society. This, this thing that they, you know, had, had kind of been their pipe dream in season one. Um, but if they can find something, something new and interesting to do with season three, um, which I mean, they have it in Victoria Newman being a, a, a head blower upper. I hope, uh, I hope that's what about, what about you. I hope that's her villainous name. Head blower upper <laughs> head blower. Upper. As lazy as the names can be like that would not surprise me. It was head blower upper. Yeah. So popping head girl. Um, yeah. What, what about you? What's your, what's your, what's your hopes? I, so I know in the comics, eventually Homelander dies and we talked about it earlier, but again, like we also talk about how at this point the show is independent on its own being inspired by the comics. So now it's just kind of doing its own thing. Yeah. Um, I would hate to lose Homelander because Anthony Starr does such a tremendous job playing him. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I could see him going out in like a blaze of glory and because at this point he's got nothing to lose. Cause I know he's going to be basically just go mad. I mean, he's going to be yeah. the, the ultimate Superman anti and just like kill ballistically and you know, go into his dreams and murder mass crowds. I'm sure. So it's one of those things of like, okay, he's got to die, right? Like he's got to lose now because butcher won't put up with it. And, 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 and the rest, I also wonder yeah. if they're going to cross that line of morals and will we see the boys shoot up compound V? Yeah, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a good, good thing to see. I think that like right now, the, all the boys are in some form of retirement, right? Like right. MM is back with his family and, and you know, who's, who's trying to move on. I think that using Homelander to 
start something that forces them out of that retirement um, would be like a really uh, a really interesting thing. I think another thing they can do, and I don't uh, necessarily love it when shows do this, but I think that they they've proven themselves capable is go back in time a little bit. Like we can have like kind of interspliced monster of the week episodes with the boys before Huey. Um, I thought that was really interesting seeing uh, kind of Frenchie's um, emotional connection to, uh, to Lamplighter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't hate seeing more of that. Yeah. No, I, I, there's something about Frenchie that I really enjoy. Like how he, he's so crude on the outside, yeah. but he's like the most empathetic character. Yeah. Like that arguably more than Huey. So, right. Now he's the, he's the heart of the show in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the boys is definitely one of my first shows. I'm glad you were able to kind of chat with me about it because I've been dying to talk about it for weeks now. Oh yeah. Uh, it's a very big guilty pleasure once my kid goes to sleep. So yeah, it's, it's one of those shows where you definitely, um, you don't want to accidentally watch it with, uh, with kid. Cause it's like, it, it very much has the aesthetic of, Oh, it's superheroes. And then, Oh no. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. Like any second shit happens. Like there's just no, like, and my wife is always like, why do you watch it? Cause she can't stand cruise at all. She's just like, why do you watch them? Like, cause it's just like a weird balance in my brain of like being a dad at home all day, working from home and needing like some kind of weird adult material to make sure my life, my line of consciousness is balanced. So I'm not like in an earth in like yeah. this whole kid world, you know, it's, so. it's adult. It's adult in the way that like swear words are adult language and yet immature. Right. It's yeah. like, it's, 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 it's not grown up. Uh, it's not a grown up look at superheroes. It's just like a different uh, angsty teen version of superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fun. It's a really fun show. So if you enjoy this, any other recommendations to folks listening? Anything else they might enjoy that's similar or something in that vein? Uh, like I said, I, I definitely recommend uh, the Invincible comics. Uh, if you're strapped for cash and you still want to read them, I think you get most of the omnibuses on um, the Hoopla app uh, from your local library. Um, but Invincible is great. It's Robert Kirkman, uh, the the uh, Walking Dead folks. Um, what else would I recommend if you like the boys? If you like the boys, oh, Futureman, um, another Hulu uh, Hulu series uh, from Seth Rogen. Um, very similar in vibe, um, but it's about time travel instead. And in the last ep- in the last season, um, there is a romantic, semi romantic, bro romantic arc with Osama bin Laden. Um, that is surprisingly uh, well well done. Nice. Well, this has been False Start, talking about the boys. Uh, listen to our podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you're hearing a voice. And now also on Amazon Echo, you can say Alexa Play, False Start. You can also say the same thing with, I'm checking my Echo Dot behind me because make sure she doesn't do that. But you can also check out the podcast. Uh, One Star Review is also by me. Ben's been on there. Ben, you and Jason Underwood are the hat trick of my podcast network. You've been all three of my podcasts. It's true. The third one of which being the Alchemy Comedy Podcast, where we talk about uh, everything improv, everything about Alchemy Comedy. And One Star Reviews is where we review local businesses in Greenville and the upstate area. And we just have fun with the trolls. So find those podcasts on all the things that I said earlier. Uh, always fun uh, talking to you and John uh, with you. Uh, yeah. And I still wish I can grow a beard like you. <laughs>